0: Hello and welcome to the ETOF21sports podcast for February 6th. How is everyone doing today? My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF21sports. You can find my work on Twitter at ETOF21sports, on Instagram at ETOF21sports underscore for horse racing, which everything is handed out free and there is a loaded day of horse racing today at ETOF21 underscore horse underscore racing for fantasy and for just Daily hot takes on Instagram at ETOF21 Sports underscore fantasy. How is everyone doing today? Wow. Can you believe that the Super Bowl is tomorrow? Man, it just seems like yesterday that the NFL season was starting. I was doing the pre-draft stuff. I was telling everyone how Tua was gonna be a bust and people were saying I was clueless and we all saw that worked out. So yeah, time flies, great year good year, learn some stuff, and always want to be involving and trying to make your craft better. And that's what you know, I I learned a lot of stuff this year about betting, about fantasy, some adjustments I'm going to make, and moving forward, you know, I, I think it will make me better. You know, two year, two years ago, I had my best season ever. This year, my season wasn't as good. So I'm definitely going to have to keep learning and involving and You know, keep cashing those tickets because at the end of the day, it's it's all about making money. I'll have my good weeks. I'll have my bad weeks. And it's just about the end of the day being able to get that ROI and that profit. Speaking about that, here's the funny thing about selling picks. Now, my whole thing is this, is I am only doing this because so many people steal my shit. It is insane. When I posted for free, how many people stole my shit? And if you look at my prices and my ROI and how much money I've won back for my clients, you see that my price, I'm not here trying to make money off of selling you guys' picks. Unlike these guys that are charging 100 bucks for a week, 100 bucks for a day, $1,000 for a season. Those guys are making their money through selling you guys' picks. My, mine are so cheap. It's you You can spend the money on my picks and you make money at the end of the day. And it's the funny thing, like last Sunday, was it? Awful day. God, awful day. God, like so fucking bad. My worst day betting for a while. I was 0-3 in college and oh, what was I? 0-2 in NHL. I mean, I did hit a plus 600 winner in the Royal Rumble, believe it or not. And the DMs, are just insane. It was first losing day for a world for a while. DMs are insane, Sandblast me, whatever. This week, you know, great week. I told everyone, "Hey guys, you know, up and downs happen, you know, next week, you know, we'll we'll write we'll this shit. This week, um, Saturday morning. So 5 days, Monday through Friday of betting. Up a little over 11 units. Great ROI. Great ROI. There has been a total of 3 people out of all my clients that have DM'd me and said good shit or something along that. So that that's the joy of selling picks. And people hate it. I bet the under a lot. And people fucking hate it when I bet unders. It's so funny. Oh, we want overs. No, no, no. I want to make money. And how you make money is betting the under because the over is usually jacked up. So it's just one of the joys of selling picks and dealing with the joys of clients and everything and I get it. You know, like you're trusting me with your money. I get it. And you know, like I said at the end of the day, I'm just here to help. I'm just here trying to help you guys understand how to bet and make you guys money. That's why my DMs are always open. That's why I always answer every single betting question that comes my way. And another thing like you guys hear my phone going off in the background. That's people DMing me and asking me questions like why I take this, why I took this game, why I took this game and everything. What do I think of this game? And I reply to those just just that other one as much as I possibly can. So if it takes me a little bit to get back to your messages, I am sorry, but I always reply. Another thing with betting is, like today, like there's a couple of games in the NBA. Like I sent a message out, or like I'll use last night for example. Last night I liked the Raptors, and I sent my guys out. I go, hey, we li- I like the Raptors, but I'm gonna wait. I want to get more value. I want to get a better line. So I'm like, we're gonna wait. And we got our plus six 15 minutes before game time. So we locked it in. I sent it out. And that's what it's like. And some guys, you know, they don't like that. And I apologize to them. I can't make the line move. So that's another thing, you know, selling picks that's been a little bit of a headache. But I'm, I'm here. I bet the games that I send out, unlike everybody else on here, I'm invested in it. And, I mean, we're making money at the end of the day. You know, all my spreadsheets are public. They can all be found on my website. Everyone knows how I'm doing. I go on other podcasts and I put it on tape and I tell what I think is going to happen and the majority of the time it happens. So, you know, that's what it is. It is what it is. So if you guys want to join the team, you know, I got a couple slots open. DM me and we will start it out. Now, but anyway, that's my rant on selling picks, gambling and whatnot. We got a great show today, guys. A great show. I'm going to talk about the Britt Reid situation. I'm going to give a couple thoughts about the Senior Bowl. And it wouldn't be a show if I didn't have my boy Sterling on from Silver Star Sports. And Sterling and I are going to talk a little Super Bowl and give our thoughts on the Super Bowl. So let's dive right into it. Yesterday, tragic news. Britt Reid. Andy Reid's son, outside linebacker coach from the Kansas City Chiefs, was involved. And ESPN was reporting it. Sports app, all major app, major news outlets, sports related, were saying a accident. And the more you dive into it, the dude had Ritalin in his system. Oh, sorry, not Ritalin, Um Was it Adderall in his system? And he had two to three drinks. And there's a five-year-old, a fucking five-year-old, who's unlo- who, who has life, life-threatening injuries. So I hope to God that five-year-old is okay. I hope to God that kid makes it through it. Now, in terms of Britt Reid, let me say this. He only has a job because of his fucking dad. When you look into this guy's history, there is no reason this motherfucker should be allowed to coach. Nothing at all. He should not be allowed to coach, but his dad got him a job, and it's not about what you know. It's about who you know, and this guy is that. With this guy's history of problems, addiction problems, and guys, addiction's a real thing. Addiction is a real thing, but you need to find different things that don't hurt your body that you can be addicted to and make it through. I have an addictive personality. I'll be the first to admit it. What's my addiction? I'm up, at every, I'm up at 4 a.m. every flipping morning, and I work out for an hour and a half a day. Why? Because that's my addiction. That's what I do. That's what I use to fill my addiction is that workout. And I'll be honest, before I go to bed, I pro, I usually hop on, and I get another workout in. Have it be resistance bands, do a DDP yoga thing, Peloton workout, go on a run outside, what the fuck ever. But that's how I fill my addiction is by working out and this guy hasn't got the help he's needed. One thing's for sure with his history shows he's need, he's needed help. He should not be anything to do with an NFL team. Anything fucking to do with NFL team. He got pulled over by the cops. He said he got he had two to three drinks. Now, we all know when you get pulled over by the cops, the cop asked if you had anything to drink. You are not telling the truth and you're sh- you're lowballing whatever you had. So I guarantee fucking tea There is no way in fucking hell that piece of shit, POS, had only two or three drinks. There is no way. No way at all. Plus, you factor in motherfucker has drugs in the system. So, this guy should be locked the fuck up and end the story. And let's pray that this five-year-old is able to fight through what they're going through. And make it and has a great life. Because that is, I mean, I was upset, and now I'm at the point where I'm fucking pissed that this dude, A, was driving and is allowed to coach in the NFL. This dude, for those that don't know, the NFL has something. Player coach. If you're out, you can you have a call, to a car service, a fucking free car. Car service that will pick you up, no motherfucking questions asked. None. No questions asked whatsoever. And this dude didn't do that. He was that fucking dumb. I mean, I just, I am, I have not been this pissed off for a while. And I am legitimately pissed the fuck off at this motherfucker for doing that. And I hope to God that kid pulls through. And after this kid pulls through, That piece of shit, Reed, his ass should be locked up. His ass should be locked up, and that piece of shit, after he's out of jail, gets the help that he needs. That's my thoughts on the Reed situation. Again, I am really sorry about the swearing, but I'm just worked up. I mean, I work with kids, and... I mean, when I see someone put a kid in danger like that because he's being a moron, it just really boils my bubbles. So I offended anyone with the cussing. I am immensely sorry. So let's hop into a different subject. For those that are new followers, new listening to the podcast, one of the main things I like to do is scout football. I've been told I should have been an NFL scout. Hell, I've been offered to come on and join the scouting team, but I just don't want to do it at the fate phase of my life that I am in right now and I enjoy it I love watching tape love seeing like these college football players play and kind of make it as a call who's going to be good and who's going to make it in the NFL so I love this I love this stuff and I'd be the first to admit I haven't dove into it yet we have free agency we have the Super Bowl and the draft so it's going to go for me Super Bowl get through that Then I'll start doing the free agent stuff. Then I'm going to get in the draft. And I'll start posting stuff about the draft. After the Super Bowl starting next week, I will start to watch more and more films, start busting out my notes, and start putting out content, maybe in a week or two after I see some stuff. But I also kind of like waiting until pro days at these schools. So I'll definitely be waiting for that because, of course, as everyone knows, there is no combine this year. But I really don't put much into the combine because that's basically... Olympic underwear if if we're being honest. So I'm more of a game film type of guy. But anyway, Senior Bowl was last weekend and I finally got around to watching the game. However, I have not watched the practice tapes lot. For those who don't know, I am lucky enough through a connection to get practice tapes sent to me and I just watch the practices, watch the drills. I have not gone through yet that, that yet. I haven't, haven't gone around to it because when I do that, I want to make sure I put my full attention into that. So I'm just going to tell you a couple guys that stood out for me while watching the game and kind of improve their stock. Uh, the first one, Texas A&M's Kellen Mann. Passes were on point. He actually looked like an NFL quarterback. And I was going to question him being successful at the next level, a.k.a. making a roster and being a borderline starter to a backup in a league, just because it's always felt to me that the Texas AM and offense is a little gimmicky. So that's why I was a little low on mod. I mean, but this year he did stay in the pocket more. He didn't run as much as he did his first couple years at A&M. So it looks like he was addressing his biggest need and what most scouts have been questioning about him, his ability to make... Passes and being a quote unquote pocket passer. But overall, I mean, he looked good. Like I said, passes were on point. He showed good athleticism. He got 11 yards. And I he's going to be climbing the boards. He's going to be picked higher now just because of the athleticism. And his passing has improved. So, Mod out, stood out for me from what I saw in the Senior Bowl. Amari Rodgers stuck out to me as well during the game. 5'10, 2'10, played the slot. Four receptions, 23 yards, a TD. Showed great explosiveness at his break point. Great hands. I wasn't sure, but after seeing what I saw from him in this game, he'll be a good slot receiver at the NFL level. I really, for it's when I watch a college game. Now, for those that don't know my setup, my setup is I have three screens on the wall and I usually have my computer, my iPad, I have my notebook. I mean, it's a zoo when I have games going on, I'm betting just because I need to stay up to date. So I usually don't watch a full game and then I will look at film after the game, after the game, excuse me, during this, my scouting process and see everything with the routes and hands and whatnot. So I, from what I've seen at Felton, now granted, I haven't locked eyes and watched Every single route he's run. But in the situation I was in, I really wasn't that impressed with Felton. But after what I saw, yeah, he's going to be a good slot receiver in the NFL. And he, day, round three pick. Round three pick in my eyes. Demetric Felton from UCLA was someone I've been watching for the past couple years now. Felton switched to running back last year at UCLA And before, he usually was the Antonio Gibson when Gibson was at Memphis. When he played both, he would go back and forth between running back and wide receiver, kind of a gadget-like player. But this year, he mainly was a running back. And I always felt that him playing running back in the NFL would be a mistake. And in the Senior Bowl, he... Wide receiver, which I think to long to make his career longer was definitely the right move, because I don't see him catching on as a running back in the league, but as a punt returner, kick returner, whatnot, and a slot wide receiver, I could definitely see him catching on. Two for twenty-eight and a TD. His route running was way better than I thought, and he has a great. Great, great second year, second gear. And the thing is, it's a copycat league. And right now, what is the team that is having the most success in the NFL? The Kansas City Chiefs. What do the Kansas City Chiefs have? Speedy, wide receivers. What do I really feel there's going to be a push on in the draft this year to copy Kansas City? Speedy, wide receivers. So Felton... You know, hell, he really, him going to wide receiver with that speed and his route running being better than I thought it would be, he's going to be a great pick, and he's going to be someone that's going to be in demand just because, like I said, it's a copycat league. So those are a couple players that stood out to me for the Senior Bowl. Like I said, I will have a full mock draft. I will have positional rankings. All that stuff's going to be coming out soon, guys. Also coming out, a couple guys have asked for fantasy football rankings going into next year I get it guys, you want it, I understand usually I wait until after free agency, after the draft I think what I'm going to do is I will run my projections and I will put out my rankings going into next year and then after free agency, I'm going to adjust them and then after the draft, I will adjust them because there's so much stuff that can happen I didn't move Chubb up until the Browns got Conklin If the Browns didn't get Conklin, I wouldn't have had as high as I did. So there's so much stuff that can change, but you guys want them, and I'm here to help you. So those will be posted shortly. So now let's shift the attention to the big talk of the weekend, the Super Bowl. And who better to have come on than one of the good friends of the show, the man, the myth, the legend, Sterling from Silver Star Sports. Sterling. How's it going, my man?
1: Uh, it's going well. Excited to watch this football game tomorrow.
0: What's on the line. I mean, thinking about it, though, it just seems like a little while ago, you know, you and I were breaking down Tua and Herber and the draft and everything. And I mean, we're here. I mean, the fact we were able to get here and then you see everything that's going on with the NBA, especially last night with the whole Durant fiasco, it's kind of crazy. Like we got through a whole season. Yeah,
1: it's crazy that it's almost that time again
0: to start evaluating prospects. And I know before we uh, hopped on air, we were talking about the Senior Bowl. So it's crazy. I mean, it just—it's just a never, never-ending cycle. But um, let's jump right into it. Big game tomorrow. I mean, everyone wants to know where your head is. Tell me what you think about this game. I'm excited. Um,
1: let's start. Let's start. Team by team. Um, with the Chiefs, we, no one's surprised that they're really here again. I know I did a post voicing my concerns a couple weeks ago, but they fixed all those concerns. Mahomes, ever since the injury, he's not really taking those deep drop backs uh, that like, hinder his O-line's ability to protect him. Um, the running game looks a lot better, or at least in the red zone it does. And the red zone defense has picked it up as well.
0: I mean, that yeah. red zone defense, I, I don't mean to interrupt, they were awful. I mean, I think they were 32nd DVOA during the regular season. They, they were,
1: the only team that was like near as bad as them was like the Lions.
0: Oh, Sorry thanks, man. Thank, thanks team, thanks but, for the reminder, yeah. dude. <laughs> thanks for the reminder, man. <laughs> so, yeah, I saw that stat, but they
1: picked it up. They helped Buffalo uh, to a bunch of field goals. If they could do that, they have a good chance. So. And then, obviously, the Bucks. I'm really proud of them for how they've picked it up midseason, or uh, since the midseason. Because I remember midway through the year, I was like, I don't know if this team could put together four straight games uh, to get to the Super Bowl, you know, because they were just so inconsistent. But they've really picked it up, so I'm excited.
0: Let me hear your thoughts about it so far. My, this is how, I mean, the Chiefs, The one I was more worried about the Chiefs losing to the Browns or potentially the Ravens than I was the Bills, just because I really don't think the Bills matched up that well with them because the Bills' inability to have a running back or a running like or any sort any resemblance of a running game. Um in terms of the Buccaneers, I mean their defensive line is just so effing good. You know, and you know me, I I love I mean freaking love the trenches and when I see that you have the number one DVOA defensive line and you have two starting tackles off the the field not even in the game that I mean that right there tells you where my head's going I mean the Bucks' defense are playing great Brady's serviceable and the thing about Brady that I like so much is he never really turns the ball over in bad situations. All his interceptions are basically just arm punts that he's at mm-hmm. the 40 and he just takes a shot down the field. He doesn't do that when he's at his own 10 like other quarterbacks do. So you're leaning,
1: from what I'm hearing, you're leaning towards the Bucks.
0: Oh, I think the Bucks straight up win the game. Okay, okay. How close do you think it is? I mean, my thing with it, like, this is how I see the game playing out in my head. Now, and then you can tell me if you disagreed or not. I see a lower scoring game, like a 24 to 21 Bucks win. And I think that Arians and Brady realized that the teams that the Chiefs struggled the most with were teams that ran the ball. Before the playoffs started, Arians said he wanted to run the ball more. Bucks are averaging 29 attempts per game. That's up from 23 during the regular season. And I expect a heavy dose of Leonard Fournette, Leonard Fournette to win the MVP, and I like every Fournette over prop. And when they're on defense, I know Ty- Tyreek Hill burned them last game, but it's important to remember, they didn't have Jamal Dean. Dean runs a 4 three forty. He's fast enough to keep up with Tyreek Hill, so I think they make him Shadow Hill, and they just play zone and force him to dink and dunk, and bank on the number one defensive line, being able to get past the banged-up offensive line. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I
1: definitely a lot of things favor Tampa in this game. Uh, I looked at the weather forecast a couple days ago, and I said it was like a heavy downpour of rain supposed to be for the Super Bowl. And if that's the case, that definitely favors the books because uh, we talked about uh, Kansas City's inconsistency with running the ball. Like, I don't know if Clyde edwards Edward Lair is that good between the tackles yet as a running back. And then Le'Veon Bell, he just hasn't really been effective since he's gone to Kansas City. So, if that's the case, the game script is uh, definitely going to be in favor of the Bucks. But, the thing I like about the Chiefs, and is why I'm ultimately going with the Chiefs for my prediction, is I watch them against Buffalo, and Buffalo plays that, like, sort of soft zone. You can just take whatever underneath bend-but-don't-break strategy, and the Chiefs look really good against it. I know um, the Bucks have a much better D-line than the Bills, but still, it was like that evolution that I wanted to see from the Chiefs, that they were able to adjust, and able to do those RPOs and those screen passes, and then uh, just get their playmakers in space.
0: So. And to piggyback what you're saying, I mean, I've been adamant about my thoughts on Hilaire, and the only, he's a really good running to the outside but that's where they have the backups. So I really don't think those guys are going to be able to set the edge against this defensive line of the Bucks. So I completely don't see Kansas City being able to run the ball at all. And um, I guess my counterpoint to what you're saying is, if do you feel if the Bills would have been able to get seven and have been a little bit more aggressive and actually yeah. – Rely on a running a running back not named T.J. Yeldon. Do you think they could have been able to win that game? Definitely,
1: definitely. Although it did feel like the Chiefs were in control. Like it looked like the um, Bills are just a little too young, a little too inexperienced to be at that moment. And I kind of worry about the uh, the Buccaneers for that reason. Although Arians has been to a championship game, and then Brady's been there a long time. We haven't seen these guys together. Where the Chiefs were just there the very last year, you know?
0: Yeah. And I mean, I guess I look at it like their defense is going to be able to compete. I really think Todd Bowles got shortchanged, not getting a job. I think he's the best defensive coordinator in the game and he's going to be able to get, keep that defense in check. And I think excuse me, offense in check. And I think, I think this is going to be the chiefs. I think they're going to, this is going to be the most they're going to struggle. Um, let me um, let me ask you this: In your head, do you give the Bucks anything, any chance at all, or do you just see the Chiefs like running away with it? Close game, what? Um, I think the Bucks are definitely going to make the Chiefs uncomfortable. I think it will be a close game, but
1: I see it being close game and Brady having to go on a drive. Not that he can't do it. I can just I just have this image in my head of Brady like holding his hands up like with his helmet on his head like after he throws like a late pick because he has turned the ball over although you you said it's like arm punks I, I just have this feeling in my head that he's gonna press too hard when the game is like on the line you know because he, he knows what it could do for him in terms of legacy and stuff
0: like that yeah but I mean I guess on the flip couldn't I Couldn't you say that, since he does know it's his legacy, like lean on the run game because it is their best chance of winning? I could, but... um, Or do you just think his ego will get in the way? I am
1: not as high on Leonard Fournette, possibly, as you are. Like, he's a good running back, but I don't think he's... Like, where would you rank Fournette in terms of running backs in the NFL?
0: Oh, I don't think he's a top 10, not even top... I mean, maybe top 15 at best. Yeah, I I have like 20 to 25 range, you know, like, so, yeah, I'm not as sold on him getting that 100 yards. But I guess for me, it's just I believe in the run game, I believe in the offensive line, and I don't believe in the Chiefs' offensive line, defensive line, just because the Chiefs' defense is. You know they they play back they sit back they they want their pass rushers to get to the quarterback and they bank on your arm strength not being strong enough to fit the ball in a tight window and take advantage of their aggressive DBs and I mean let's face it it's worked so far but they could have lost the Browns if Scafansi wasn't a moron in my opinion um let me ask you some fact or fiction one of my props bets is. Le'Veon Bell, under two and a half yards, because I think it's going to be like the AFC championship game. I'll be honest, I don't even think he gets on the field. Mm. Will Le'Veon I Bell get on the field, fact or fiction? I said fact.
1: Um, I don't think he'll We'll see like a heavy dosage of Le'Veon Bell at all. I think he'll get like three carries or, and then a couple yards
0: and maybe a catch out the backfield. But I don't really think we'll see him too much. So. Fact or fiction, there'll be a hundred yard rusher in the game. Uh, I'm going with Fiction. Uh,
1: you were big on Winter uh, Fournette going for 100 yards at least. I have much more like around the 80 range and Rocco gets some touches but I don't really see a 100 yard rusher.
0: Okay. Will, now I'll admit it, like, I only know one Weekend song. Like, I like I am like old school music to the fullest. Will Will the Weekend play more than the one song one, his one hit song during the halftime show. Mm,
1: I mean, he's got twelve to thirteen minutes, so I sure hope so. I mean, uh, I don't know a whole lot of weekend songs. I used to when he first came out, but I feel like with the weekend, it's I don't know the names of his songs, but I'm like, oh yeah,
0: I've heard that song. So yeah, I, I mean, the girlfriend's excited as hell. I have no idea any of his songs except the one song that's on TikTok. That's it. Um, gotcha. Will there be more than two INTs in this game?
1: I think both teams are going to play relatively conservative, like to their usual
0: standard. So I think it will be like one pick each. So exactly at two? Yeah, exactly two. Yeah. Okay. That's what I. Fact or fiction, will there be a 100 yard receiver in the game? I'm going to say Travis Kelsey. Um, he's just been too
1: dominant all year that. I think the Bucks will have a hard time covering him, even though they got the pieces too, like Levante David and Antoine Winfield Jr. But I don't know. I've just been such a big supporter of Kelsey this year.
0: Yeah, I could, I, I could see him hitting that. I think they're going to funnel the um, funnel and everything underneath, take away hill deep, and I could see Kelsey having legitimately a good game. Will someone besides a quarterback win MVP? Factor fiction. That's- that's a tough one. I feel like someone's got to play the game of their life, too, which they very
1: well could. But if it's close at all, they're going to hear on the side of the quarterback, especially if the Bucks win. They're going to give Tom Brady a Super Bowl MVP. And if the Chiefs win, Mahomes is the biggest star in, or in the NFL right now. So
0: I'm going to say a quarterback wins it. Okay. All right. Now, this one wasn't on the list I gave you. just came up. It's a big heated debate in my house. Are nachos an appetizer or a meal? Are, nacho- are nachos an appetizer, fact or fiction? Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, that, that kind of caught me by surprise. didn't expect that question, but uh, I'm going to say nachos are an appetizer, you know?
0: Like, I, I, I don't think of me ever going to a restaurant or going to a place and ordering nachos and that being my meal. So. Thank you. Bet- between the girlfriend and I, this is a hu- <laughs> this has been. When you get to my stage in the life, you argue about stupid shit with your girlfriend, and this is our biggest <laughs> argument going on right now. Our nachos, a meal or an appetizer, and that's I agree our with you. For meal. I she thinks they're a meal because they have meat and cheese on them. I'm like, I'm like, if I if I put like a piece of chicken on a on a cool ranch Dorito, it doesn't mean I'm having dinner. Like, <laughs> I mean, it just it. I don't know. Like, we were talking about food for the game, so that's another thing. Um. So overall, I mean, I said my prediction, 24-21, I have the Buccaneers, Leonard Fournette hosting, hoisting that MVP trophy, making all the Jacksonville Jaguar fans think what could have been if the Miles Garrett INT wasn't turned over. What do you have? I have
1: uh, the Chiefs winning it. I keep changing my score prediction in my head but because I know it's going to be... Uh, a low scoring game relative to what people think, so let me go with uh 24 19. It's gonna, I feel like the Super Bowl always has some, some weird score. So, uh, Chiefs win and Patrick Mahomes is back to back Super Bowl MVP. Okay,
0: all right, yeah, and then um, like we were talking off, off air, and you asked me about what my safest bet is. I really feel my safest bet is Mahomes under 19 and a half yards rushing. And the reason why is the issue with the offensive line. And he's coming out. He has turf toe still. And he's not going to be able to move. And I just feel the defensive line is going to be able to get to him. They're not going to look to have him be doing option runs. And even if he is over the total, like he was last year, if he takes a knee at the end of the game or the end of the half, that docks his rushing total and could take him under. So I really like that one.
1: How or how many yards did you say again? I couldn't hear you.
0: sir. Under nineteen and a half. Okay, yeah, that's a that's a good bet. Um,
1: one bet I really like. I forgot the or the odds on it, but I like red Gatorade to be poured on the coach or whatever team wins. Dude, look thought at process you. Look at you. Just, yeah, thought process is just both teams are red. I feel like red Gatorade is one of the best ones, you know, so, I don't know, I feel like it's pretty safe.
0: I can honestly say, as much as a degenerate as I am, I have never bet on the Gatorade color that will be really? poured on someone. I bet on some oh. random shit, case in point last week, WWE Royal Rumble, but I've never bet on <laughs> the Gatorade pour. Um, know, my
1: DraftKings account and like uh, FanDuel account finally got verified, so this is like the first week and I'm, I, I can actually do it. Cause I had to get a new license and that took forever to get. Um, but anyways, there's so much stuff to bet on. I and was like, wow, I like just didn't realize how many different things like within a, a game you
0: could bet on. And another sneaky bet that I found on Fan DraftKings on Thursday, Jason Pierre-Paul over a h- half of a sack. So that means he just has to get a half a sack at plus one twenty okay. odds. I think that's a great bet. Um, I really think he could be an X-factor. I actually threw a little... I'm thinking about it. I haven't done it yet. He's at 80-1 to one to win MVP. He's going to be going against a backup tackle. I could easily see him having two or three sacks. So, put playing that number for him just basically to get a sack. And for him to be the MVP, I think that's a good little investment. So, you kind of already touched on it, but who are your X-factors for the game? Well, Both definitely teams. Pierre-Paul. Sue. My boy, Double V, Vitavera, and the running backs from the Bucks. I think Rojo is going to get his run, too. He's just not a biggest factor in the pass game, in the playoffs. He has yet to catch a pass in the playoffs, which blows, blows my mind. Fournette is averaging 16 carries, about four and a half receptions a game. I went heavy on the Fournette props. I have over twelve and a half yards, over twelve and a half um, um, rushes, over three and a half receptions, over forty-eight point three yards running. I want. I'm really invested in Fournette because I like I said, and I took him twenty-six to one to win the MVP just because in my head. That's what I feel gives Tampa Bay the best shot of winning the game. I respect Brady so much. I think he's not an idiot, and he realizes him getting the 7th Super Bowl will cement his status in the NFL record books, and that's what he's concerned about. So it'll just be a run-heavy game centered around Rojo and Fournette. Okay. What
1: about for the Chiefs? You got any expectations, huh? You
0: know, I'm not... And Edwards, hilarious guy. So I I think Williams has to have success running the ball. I don't know how much they'll try to run the ball, but I think Williams has to have success running the ball. And I'm a Marco I'm a I'm a Hardman type of guy. I think I like I like that kid a not a lot. I think next year is, is going to be his breakout season. And they try to get him the ball in the red zone. And honestly, with how bad Tyreek Hill's contract is. And I'm sure you and I will talk about this in like three months. We're doing our season preview. I could see them moving Tyreek Hill, just because Hardman can basically do everything Tyreek can. As crazy as it sounds. Oh, wow. uh, also, a next factor is uh, Sammy Watkins. He took a discounted contract to be there to re resign and stay with uh, the Chiefs. So I think the Chiefs or respect that and get him a touchdown when they're in the red zone. Mm-hmm. Um, my
1: X factors for the game. So for the Chiefs. Definitely Sammy Watkins. He was one of my big ones because he doesn't even have to play great. He just has to show up at big moments, like on third down, just make make that catch, you know. Uh, I know last year he had a big, really big one on Richard Sherman. So if he can do something like that again, I can uh, really take the air out of the Buck's tires in a momentum shift. And, yeah, edwards Tiller has to run the ball better than he has been. So he's definitely an X-factor. And then that left tackle. As long as he just plays decent and doesn't let Pierre Paul like have like, two sacks, then I feel much better about the Chiefs pick. For the Buck side of the ball, um, my X-factor was Antoine Winfield Jr. Uh, I feel like the Chiefs will be really conservative. Like I said, some RPOs, some screens. But they're inevitably going to take a shot deep. And if that's, say, caught by Tyreek Hill deep down the field, that just completely shifts the momentum in, in favor of the Chiefs. But if he's able to uh, knock down that pass or intercept that pass, I'm getting an interception in this game, actually. Um,
0: that would just be a huge boost for the Bucks. So he's my expector. And to piggyback what you just said, I know there's been a lot of talk, especially this week, who's the better tight end overall, Gronkowski or Kelsey? My two cents in, on it, and then, you know, Feel free to chime in if you disagree or agree or whatnot. You mentioned how the left tackle just being able to be serviceable, blocking Pierre Paul. See, if Gronk is on that team, Gronk was able to successfully block Chase Young. You could leave Gronk on the line to block, and he is more than capable of holding his own, which you have to do in the tight end position. Kelsey, I think I could beat Kelsey off the line. He is awful at blocking, and never stays in. So that's why in terms of who's the better tight end overall, I'm always going to go with Gronk.
1: Yeah, I was surprised to see that debate even
0: happen because I was
1: like, how quickly they forget Uh, Gronk was possibly the the greatest tight end of all time, like in his prime. You know, we had never seen someone that dominant um, receiving and blocking. So uh, I just think it's recency bias,
0: which plays a role in the media. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's... People remember what they see last. People are seeing Kelsey's having a wide receiver one type season, and he is basically the wide receiver one for this team, and they just immediately connect that to him being the best tight end ever, which isn't the case. And I'll be honest, ever since he had that that VH1 dating show where he had to get a girlfriend on reality television, there's no way he can be the best tight end ever. That right there takes you out of the conversation. So... Also, so we did our Super Bowl talk and, you know, there's been a couple other big things going on in the NFL. The first one is, and since they just happened, you know, I figured you'd come on and you'd give your, your, your thoughts and everything. My Detroit Lions finally let the best quarterback in franchise history, the quarterback that has led them to the most playoff appearances, go and traded them to the Los Angeles Rams. For Jared Goff, two first-rounders and a third-rounder. What are your thoughts?
1: Actually, let's start with your thoughts, being that
0: I'll let you have the floor as a Lions fan. Uh, yeah. So, as I sit here looking at my Matt Stafford jersey, I'm happy he got out of town. I mean, what the Lions did to him was a complete disservice. He, in my eyes, is one of the better quarterbacks in the league, but... It, because of coaching, lack of defensive talent, lack of offensive line, he just never he just got the lions to as far as he could get them. Granted, they got hosed against the Cowboys a couple years ago. There's that PI that wasn't called, a personal foul on Des Bryant that wasn't called. So I mean, he should have at least got one playoff win here. I think him going to the Rams is a huge upgrade just because The main issue with Golf is he can't throw with pressure in his face. He's one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL, less than 43% in terms of completion percentage with pressure in his face. With Stafford, you have someone that can hang in the pocket and make a good throw. I mean, the thing is, is... What is it going to do with the Rams offense? Rams offense has always been run-centric. Is this going to affect Cam Akers, or does Stafford really just not care and just about getting a title? I think it really helps Tyler Higby because Stafford does like to throw to the tight end a little bit more. In terms of the Lions, my worry is that Holmes, who used to be with the Rams, thinks Jared Goff is the long-term answer. I'm not a Jared Goff guy. I think arm talent is really good. Like I said, struggles with pressure in his face. And he's just not the long-term answer, but I'm afraid Holmes thinks he is. He only has two years left in his contract. And I'll be honest, with Lions' history of making draft picks, there is nothing that makes me confident that they'll pick the right guy. But I think they got a lot of great picks. and I mean, think about this. No one, the Texans didn't think they're going to be a, a shit show this year. Uh-huh. So, I mean, in my opinion, if Aaron Donald gets hurt, which is capable of, because anyone can get hurt anytime they step on the football field, you saw how much that Rams team struggled with no Donald on the field. Those picks, and they're like a couple years down the road, they could be decent picks if a couple injuries happen. So, I mean, I think it's good for both teams. Obviously, if Stafford gets a Super Bowl, I mean, you know, great, great for the Rams. And with the Lions, you just kind of have to wait and see and see who gets on the field with these draft picks because picks always have more value with it instead of the actual player that's drafted in that pick. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: talk, uh, looking through the trade. I was surprised on Twitter how many people have found it that the Lions fleece the uh, the Rams. But I think that goes to show like how disrespected Matt Stafford is as a quarterback being wasted in Detroit all those years. Because the guy's a top 10 QB. like I would... No question about it. He's a top 10 QB. So that significantly raises the ceiling and the floor of um, the Rams season. And... I think for him, it's just going to be so crucial to go to like a coach and a culture that wants to win. You can see it on Sean McVay's face; like he wants to win. And Jared Goff never had that fire about him. He was always very nonchalant, very like just an average QB in every sense of the word. Um, but pairing McVay pairing Stafford together, they'll want to get that title. And so I really like the Rams as contenders next year. And then for the Lions, I love what they're doing. Because they're playing a the long game to that rebuild, like Dan Campbell said, and I would have hated it if the Lions traded Stafford and then say selected Lance with their their first pick and just threw him into the fire, you know. Because I feel like if that's the case, he's going to be a bust, you know. But if they sit him behind Jared Goff, they sit him behind, or yeah, they sit him behind Jared Goff for a year or two, say learn, develop those physical traits. Um, well, he already has the physical traits, but develop that mental side of the game. He can be a really good QB, and even if they don't like Lance, they can use those picks that they got from the Rams and mortgage or and mortgage their future and, like to move up in the draft. So, I really like what they're doing there. And then another thing about it is having a competent QB in the middle of your rebuild and saying like not throwing out like a Chase Daniel or a Colt McCoy or someone like that, like to where know you're not going to win games. Does so much for like the morale of the locker room. So having a competent QB is good, really going to help them.
0: I'm just, I'm just glad now because this means the Lions aren't drafting Justin Fields. I mean that's that's a big win in my book. But looking at the Lions rebuild, I just really hope like they do it the way the Colts did it and like the Cowboys. You know, build the lines, get the foundation set. And then try to get a quarterback. I mean, granted, the Colts are still trying to get a quarterback. But I just really feel like that's what you need to do in this NFL. And in terms of Dan Campbell, like I wrote about it. I've gone on, r- on rants about it. I think it's an awful hire. What do you think?
1: Uh, I didn't like it at all. I thought there was much better options on the board. The one thing I will say is he seems like he's a, a culture guy. So that's something the Lions desperately need. So if he can help that aspect, but I don't think he'll really help the X's and O's, which is what I feel like they need to be truly successful. Like They may develop into like a, a mediocre team, maybe fight for the playoff, but I don't really see them contending with a Super Bowl as long as he's the coach. But, I mean, it's early days. So who knows.
0: I mean, I guess my counter to that is if you're winning, the culture is there. You know what I mean? Like, I really just don't. I don't know, and I mean, I get your point, like, about him being a quote-unquote culture guy, but I I watch his press conference, and I just think a WWE wrestler. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're not the, ready to bite the kneecaps off your opponents. No, like, no, I, I like, I, I, I listened to that, like, eight times. I was like, is this guy serious? And there was, I'm spacing on the guy's name. Like, he was the tight end coach at um, Miami, and there was this tight end from the Browns. I'm totally spacing on his name this guy went there and he saw immediate decrease in everything across the board. So Campbell really hasn't done anything that shows me he can develop players. And then you bring in Anthony Lynn as your offensive coordinator? Are you kidding me? Now don't get me wrong, I think Aaron Glenn is a great hire for DC and Aaron Glenn's going to make a great coach. Great head coach, but Between Campbell and um, Campbell, Campbell and uh, Lynn, I I hate it. They got Dorsey in the front office, but I just feel between Dorsey and Holmes, it's just a headbutting waiting to happen. So I don't know. I will say I'm taking a lot of stock in DeAndre Swift uh, next year. Oh, for sure. Lynn works great with running backs. Oh, Um, for sure. But here's another. This did you watch Hard Knock? The Hard Knocks on HBO. I actually didn't this year. so. So. Anthony Lynn has this big competition where he sees who can run up and jump the highest to be the quote unquote goal line back. Austin Eckler wins the competition. Okay? So Eckler quote unquote goal line back. During the regular season when Eckler was healthy, who did Anthony Lynn have in goal line situations? Joshua Calvin. Yeah. I mean just you know what I mean just doesn't doesn't make any sense to me. Like, like zero sense to me. And I don't know. Like, I'm a big play-to-win guy. You have to play to win. You have to play to win. You don't want to play not to lose. And that was my biggest issue with the Colts last year. And when you have a young team, which the Lions are going to be for the next couple years, and you have that mindset of playing not to lose, that's bad in my eyes. I can go on and on about what I hate about the Lions. But the big news that is here that... Oh my God, everyone's talking about, I went to the store today and I mean, I heard like 20 people talking about it. Carson Wentz is rumored to be traded and the Bears are one of the teams that he's rumored to be traded to. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Uh, Deja vu, in a sense, trading for an underperforming, well, okay, well, Foles wasn't underperforming in the moment, but trading for another... Eagles, QB, hoping that they're the savior of the franchise. Um, Wentz just looked so bad last year. Like, I was a big Wentz guy coming into the year, but he didn't make any strides. And sure, you can blame it on Peterson, you can blame it on uh, Roseman, you can blame it on the Eagles' weapons, but at the end of the day, Wentz has got to take accountability for his performance. And that's not something I've really seen him do. Um, so I'm kind of worried about him transitioning. Maybe he needs a fresh start, but...
0: Um, I'm not too excited about it like for the Bears. So. so, here's the thing. There's I if he was going to the Colts, I think it would be great just because um, he has yeah. a re- the relationship, Colts have everything in place. You know? The the relationship with Frank Wright. Um he's had he's taken to to Wright's coaching and there were reports coming out that Peterson would try to coach Wentz and Wentz wasn't even listening to him but he did listen to Peterson, so there is the connection. I guess those guys still talk and they're friends. Colts did lose their left tackle, but they can address that in the draft. So if he was going to the Colts, I think it would be great. Going to the Bears. I don't like it. Just because Wentz has shown, especially last year, and kind of the year before, he doesn't like looking over his shoulder. And you're... Trading him to the place that has the player that won the Super Bowl when he was hurt, and I just it—it's just the Bears are just doing what the Eagles had a couple years ago, and that didn't work out for them. The Bears have so many issues on the offensive line, and who is he going to be throwing to? Because A. Rob's yeah. gone. If he, yeah, if he loses, out Robinson. It was, he's only got Mooney and then a bunch of tight ends waiting for Komet to go Like, Yeah, yeah so it just doesn't – the Bears have so many holes. And then if you lose draft capital, which they desperately need because they lost some in the Mac deal, I just think it's disaster. Like, disastrous written all over it if they, they didn't elect to do that. So now another unexpected question. NBA, you came on last time on the NBA. We're about – what are we, like 20 or so games in? Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this, team that has surprised you, team that has disappointed you, MVP, go. Okay, team that has
1: surprised me, the Knicks. Um, It's been so good to see the Knicks actually a relevant franchise and competent. I think it's good for them. Uh, Another team that surprised me is the 76ers, obviously. Um, For so long, we were waiting on them to make that jump and didn't think, it didn't look like they could do it. But this year they look really good. I'm still waiting to see if that's like actually who they are, but for right now they look good. And then disappointments, it's got to be the Miami Heat and the Dallas Mavericks. I was banging on the table for Luka MVP at the start of the season, and he's just shot very poorly. I think last time I checked it was like 27% from three. That's not going to cut it. Um, I think, in hindsight, I should have paid more attention to them than Steven Silas, who was, like, the big reason why they had such a great offense last year. Um, for the Heat, injuries have really killed them. But to be, like, 13th in the East,
0: and that's just not going to cut it, you know? Well, I mean, in fairness, when we did our season preview, I did tell everyone to bet the Heat not to make the playoffs. Just saying, that. Oh, yeah, man. you did. You did. Just saying, that. So... Um, An MVP. MVP, uh, I've got Jokic,
1: actually. Um, it's between Jokic and Embiid right now. Sure, LeBron's up there, too. He's my third candidate. But uh, I'm just loving what Jokic is doing. A near triple-double. Uh, Jamal Murray's so hit or miss that he's really just carrying the team right now. And we've never seen a player just this first out, this unique of a player. Um, so... My current
0: MVP. He's the closest thing to Larry Bird that there's ever been in the league. With, uh, I agree. With everything he can do, by far the closest thing. Sterling, thanks for taking time out of your Saturday to come in and talk a little NFL, little nachos, little NBA. Why don't you tell everyone where to find you? All right, find me on Silver Star Sports on Instagram.
1: Uh, it's gonna be Silver Star and then the underscore. In sports, uh, my posting schedule is a little inconsistent right now, but I'm working on it. Especially as we get closer to the draft, there will be a lot of content coming out as I scout more and more prospects. Um, NBA season—that's my favorite sport. NBA, so um, I'll definitely be posting a lot more as I can just focus on that. Uh, so yeah, just follow me, come along for the ride. I occasionally post on Twitter at SS Sport, SS underscore Sport. You can follow me there. You don't need to. Instagram is where it's at. Follow me there. And uh, as always, thanks for
0: having me. Always enjoy this. Thanks for coming on, man. Always a pleasure. And, uh, you know, let's go, Bucks. <laughs> I, I want to see the Bucks win. So, yeah. So, thank you for Sterling for coming on. Great follow, guys. If you're not following them, make sure you please lock it in. That's it for today's podcast. We already just cashed Missouri plus the three. Loaded day to day. If you guys are interested in sports picks, hit me up at ecoff21sports, DM me, and we'll start the process. I'll be back Monday with a Reaction Monday. Good luck with your bets. Be safe, be well, and I will talk to everyone later.